taking you guys on an automotive journey every week. It's always an honor to spend it with you. Uh, Susie Sockets, I missed you last week, girl. I missed you too. It's like, you know, it's I've heard from the people, and, and some people are saying they have not only a romance with their vehicular situations, but they also have a romance with the Wrench Nation show. Well, there is, and I missed you. It's I a really mechanical did. situation. But you did well. How are you feeling? Amazing. How are you? I'm excited about this show because it does kind of fit into our series that we've had it on does. WrenchNation.tv. You guys can go and check it out. And that is really about the acquisition of a classic car. I do like a classic car. And it's not easy to pursue. And sometimes there's some failure points. And so... Today's show, we're honored to have Greg Ovest of G's Up. You guys check out G'sUp.com. Greg has done some stuff on the classic car side. And in fact, we got a bunch of our Facebook family hanging with us because we actually did. I don't know if you know, Susie. And for you guys just tuning in right now, live, you can get on a Wrench Nation Facebook. We are giving away Wrench Nation swag bag. And I'm probably going to get something silly goofy. I don't know like a fancy tool in that swag bag. Are you? I don't know what I'm going to do. You guys wow. know how we roll, but I want to tell you, here's the, here's the deal. Greg Ovist of G's Up, all right? Greg is uh, no stranger to car culture and that vehicle of the classic kind, hunting those down. He's got method and he's got a structured approach. And what he did is he found a one of one vehicular Jim, a Jim. classic. Now, I want you to get on the Wrench Nation Facebook. You will see the picture, our last post. And a lot of you, we're going to bring we're going to bring you guys on the on the show by way of your name and what you guessed, because we want you to guess the car that Greg purchased. And of course, Greg is going to come on, and he's going to tell us uh, not only the story. You know, every car has a story. We know that, guys. You you guys, I don't care if you're driving a. Uh, Kia Rio, man, there's a story behind that. Always a story. And I know you're looking at it now. You guys, please, no texting and driving. Don't do knucklehead stuff. We don't want Are that. Are you asking the listeners to guess what kind of vehicle this is? We got a picture. I'm looking at of it. Of a mid-50s vehicle quietly sitting in the dust, in the dark. It's looking rough, but it is a classic find. If you can get on the Ranch Station Facebook, and comment what year, make, and model. We probably will give you the year, but at least the make and model. We're in the mood to give the Wrench Nation swaggy bag. <laughs> and I'm going to throw in a tool. I got a Let's bunch of it. stuff from some of our good friends of the show. Uh, and we'll so know about that. Now, digging deep, researching your next classic car acquisition, it, it takes time. And in some occasion, this hunt can frustratingly dry up. You guys know. Uh, and let's just step out of classic cars. Let's talk about just a car for your son or daughter, just an average car. You know that, oh, I, I found the ad, it looks good, and you get there, and it's nothing. It's like that old cousin you see in the video, and then you see him, and or her, and <laughs> what happened, man? You're missing teeth. <laughs> uh, can I say that? It's like that long-lost relative right. that looks all selfie good, but when you, it's the same with hunting down a car. Now, Greg Ovis has been around, and uh, he's, <laughs> he's done some of these uh, barnyard finds, and he's, uh, he's restoring vehicles. And he, actually, it's pretty cool, guys. And I want you to know this because these car auctions are slowly starting to hit it. 
Barrett Jackson Coming in March. Back. Yep. Of, of course, uh, unfortunately, Russo and Steele no. announced mm-hmm. that they're camp, but they'll be out at uh, Monterey, Monterey in California. Yep. Um, you may want to consult with somebody. I would, if I'm getting ready to look for a particular vehicle, what happens when you go to the auction, Susie? You can get inundated, yep. overwhelmed. You can get overwhelmed. So if you've got somebody like a coach by your side, smack you basically, because what happens when you go to the auction? You start drinking. Come on, guys. That's right. That's a big phenomenon. You guys That's know. Right. I don't care if you're at the auction in the round there with uh, the amazing Drew Alcazar's Russo and Steel or the respectable uh, Craig Jackson's Bear Jackson's auctions. What happens? You start to drink. Yep. And what do we guys do? We pound the our chest. Impulse buy. Yep. Oh, and you get that phone call from your spouse. Yep. You did what? <laughs> <laughs> so Greg actually offers uh, sort that of service? a high-level concierge service from A to wow. Z. Helps you. And so Greg is going to join us. In the meantime, check out gzup.com. G-E-E-Z-Z-U-P.com. We're going to ask him about how that name came about uh, for sure. <laughs> Before we get into the, some weird automotive news, uh, Susie, uh, recall, recall, recall. Gotta love a recall. Every week there's something shaking, and we talked the EV show. You guys catch that show on WrenchNation.tv last week. What do we say when new technology comes out? More codes, more what? Recalls. Recalls. <laughs> <laughs> we got to work out the kinks, the technology. Well, Hyundai, the Hyundai Kona electric battery uh, has got a worldwide recall. The they're Kona? A, the Kona. It's their electric platform. Okay. The biggest thing is it's, it's you guys know, that these recalls not only cost you time and some frustration, but man, like in the case of Takata airbags, right. it's costing lots of money. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, in this case, these batteries, which affects more than 75,000 of these Hyundai Kona uh, vehicles, $900 million is what it's going to cost. And now the U.S., along with the rest of the globe, many countries, it's preparing a battery replacement recall. And, and you know what? We're going to see that, Susie. Yes, we are. You know, there's going to be some pains uh, regarding EVs. And again, mm-hmm. I know some of, some of the folks are like, give me my big block. Yeah. I don't, I don't, need, I don't need that. But South Korea, uh, South Korea has recalled 25,000, uh, like I said, all over the world. And so just know about it. A lot of you are probably not driving this uh, Hyundai Kona Electric. But there could be a question about that. Okay. In terms of all vehicles you buy that are used. Oh. When you're doing your homework, what are you going to do, people? Not only you want maintenance records, but you want to know, hey, are there any open recalls that are going to cause me anguish? Yep. You know, when the Takata airbags went down, that was some anguish because guess what? They ain't not readily available next to the milk and eggs on the shelf. <laughs> that was like a backup. So uh, that was a big deal. Susie, what's happening in the weird sections of the situations? Well, of you know, I hate to do this on the air, Frank, but I wanted to let you know I'm going to go on vacation this Saturday. Oh, where are you going? You I'm, t- well, I'm going. Wait a minute. I'm going. I, I, no, I'm, you're not. Well, you can go, actually, but I'm going to Paris. I'm going to Seoul. I'm going to Amsterdam. And my last stop is going to be New York. But don't worry. Wait a minute. You I'll gotta, be back Monday. Uh, did, you call, did you call corporate on this one? <laughs> I'll be back Monday. So what are you doing? Are you on the internet? <laughs> Is this like an internet travel date or something? Have you seen the new app called Drive and Listen? 
Drive and listen. It takes you on a virtual tour to 53 cities around the world. I like that. I do, too. I need to travel right now. And it's cool because COVID has left us stuck this past year, staying home and going nowhere. I don't know about you, but my domestic situations are goofy right now. (laughs) It's intense. It is. We we really got to know each other. You did. (laughs) (laughs) So let me get this straight, because a lot of us... We're smacked hard when we couldn't travel with this COVID. Sure. So now I can do this on an app. Is this real? I mean, is this good? Frank, I knew you'd ask that. Wait, so tell me about Paris. So check this out. The app was created by, I got to say his name because he deserves some credit. Yeah, we give him credit. Erkam Seeker, a Turkish graduate student studying in Munich. Those Turkish people are up there with the Germans. They like to travel. (laughs) Well, he was homesick for Istanbul. All right. Which led him last spring to create this app. And so he's taking, so what do you pay for the thing and you travel? You know, Frank, I'm going to look this up. What's the name do. of this? It's what is called it? Drive and Listen. Drive. And what's neat is it comes equipped with all the passengers, the traffic. You can even choose like the street noise. So you can you listen to that. spoil yourself. No traffic. Like if I wanted to go, let's say I'm just a Disneyland Anaheim fool <laughs> and I didn't get my dose. You mean I don't want to have traffic in the full five? Well, that shows goofy. But look up the app. Uh, <laughs> all right. So Drive and Listen app it's a fun way to listen and see cities that you know you've always wanted to go to now let me ask you something where if you could today after this show if i said Susie, here's your private plane where would you go tonight in this wonderful world we are on uh the very first place i would go is the galapagos island Oh, you like the turtles? For years and years, I've always wanted to see that is, the uh, island. Yeah, Nat Geo does some good stuff on that. Yep, but my second place would be Italy, because I've been watching CNN, Stanley Tucci, <laughs> searching for Italy, and he's got me going. I'll tell you where I would go. For some reason, I have a fascination with all things Dubai. Oh, yeah, Dubai would be cool. These people are building half a mile structures up in the air. What is that called? That's true. Oh, th- yeah, yeah. The, the, the huge. The Burj Mahal. Or, let me look this up, people. <laughs> but I would go to Dubai because, you know, I have a fear of heights and I need to overcome that. Okay. Why don't you just go to the Grand Canyon and walk across the glass floor? I did not do that because that is some, <laughs> you were some there. fearful. I was. I, we didn't do that. No. But I tell you what we were doing before COVID. I would hit Vegas and I would get up there and what is it, the, the Eiffel Tower the thing? Eiffel Tower, yeah. Man, I was nervous. Were you? Yeah, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm afraid of heights. What I is this? I wouldn't think that of you. Dubai highest building. Let's see what that is. I thought we you, were looking up the Drive and Listen app. Yeah. Did you get well, distracted? I just, I did because I think mechanically this is pretty cool. Uh, actually, what came up is 20 things not to do in Dubai. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you listening, you know, and, and I think sometimes it's okay, man. We're all stressed out. If you can't physically go there, yeah, I like the idea of this app. You That's know, just cute. zone out. Yep. And then if you got a little foot massage thing, get you a drink, and then you're really zoning out. I think as society, we need to zone out more. I think so, too. Yeah. Just calm. Just be calm. Just calm. That's right. There's so many problems. People are not calm right now. <laughs> I'm calm. Yeah, well, I'm nervous. I'm scared of heights, but I want to go to Dubai either way because I think I could face my fears. Yes. Speaking of face your fears, how about your first acquisition, whether it's a car auction, the fancy auction, 
you're doing that online, perhaps you're chilling out at home and you're looking in and researching. Ooh, I found me that nice 49 Merc sled. Or maybe a, a vet, 68 vet. Or like I said, you're looking for your son or daughter. How will you know that you get it right? How will you know that this vehicle is what it's all about? Well, we got Greg Ovis of G's Up. He's actually picked up a vintage, one-of-one, mid-50s classic. Get on a Wrench Nation Facebook. We're going to check your comments during the break, and we're going to make the announcement later in the show. You guys stay tuned. Greg Ovis of G's Up is hanging with Wrench Nation. you want your mileage back and all the extra money you've spent feeding an engine gunked up with carbon your car needs its fuel system cleaned and it needs it now you need bg44k it's the one dealerships use the most in fact they use bg44k almost three to one over any other fuel system cleaner made to find a shop near you go to bgfindashop.com that's bgfindashop.com i got my mileage back bg Vision collision. God forbid you get into an accident or you get a little bumper, fender, bender, slight, or even if you've got that shopping cart that ends up scratching the side of your newer ride. My friends at Vision Collision, they're certified. They deal with insurance companies, but also what I really like is they were able to deal with my situation. I didn't want to exercise my insurance and I paid out of pocket and they gave me a very fair price with quality work. So for any complete auto body paint and repair, you want that small business, the heart of business that treats you one-on-one, Vision Collision, 480-248-9049, visioncollision.com. When you're thinking about body shop or collision work, paint repair, dent repairs, collision, wheel restoration, Vision Collision is the way to go. Tell them Frank at Wrench Nation sent you, 480-248-9049, 480-248-9049, Vision Collision. Bolt-On Technologies, automotive software solutions. Auto repair shops that have Bolt-On Technologies software provide customer vehicle condition reports, including photos and text, real-time digital reports, multi-point inspections, estimates, and repair information at your fingertips. Info at boltontechnology.com. Parts Authority Auto Parts Superstores, nationwide locations. You know, one of the problems that I can have working in my garage is parts aren't delivered on time, the quality isn't there. Well, guess what? Who's yelling at me? My clients, and they're likely not to come back. Well, the Parts Authority Auto Parts Superstores, amazing service, knowledgeable counter folks, a complete line of original equipment, parts that our customers deserve. If you're an installer, Get on to partsauthority.com. Check locations nationally near you, partsauthority.com. Funding for Wrench Nation Car Talk brought to you by Anytime Auto Glass, a family-owned full-service windshield replacement and repair company with a focus on hard work, integrity, and providing a no-hassle professional service for their windshield and vehicle tint clients. Anytimeautoglassaz.com or call 480-430-4597. 480-430-4597. Anytime Auto Glass. Right on. Welcome back. Uh, get on to wrenchnation.tv. I know, family, you guys can dip in and out of this show, and it's all good. 
uh, get on a uh, weekly podcast that's uploaded uh, your favorite podcast player, or you can catch it on WrenchNation.tv. Now, part of our series, when I talk to you guys about our series, uh, if you go online to our website, there are several shows that are in conjunction with the whole classic car acquisition from restoration to the find. And you guys can type in that search bar, classic car restoration or what have you, or just classic car. And we couldn't do this series without, well, Greg Ovist of G's Up because he actually has been around for quite some time helping many acquire that rare find as well as helping himself. Why not? Greg, you there, partner. Come on in. Yes, I'm here. How are, uh, how are you and Susie doing today? We are good, brother. Uh, before we talk more about that, uh, that jam, if you will, that you found, we want to remind our folks, get on the Wrench Nation Facebook. You'll have an opportunity for a swag bag. Look at the picture, the last post of this mid-50s vehicle. If you can guess which vehicle it is, we're sending you a swag bag, and maybe we can convince us to sing in harmony at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> so, Greg, before you got involved uh, in this automotive industry, had it always been that way for you? Did you grow up in it? Talk to us about how you got started. Well, I'm, I'm going to probably say I was uh, inherited, pretty much. Um, as a young kid, you know, I always had everything with wheels. So I had the bikes, I had the skateboards. I had the Hot Wheels, the Red Lines, and I think once I just, you know, had that passion at that young age, I just have never been able to kick it since then. But that's where it pretty much started. And I think uh, it also evolved to, our, obviously, the larger cars. Um, when I was about 10, 12 years old, my, actually, my uncle was building a 29 Ford in his garage. And uh, him and my dad would work on it on the weekends. But I was never allowed to touch it. I was never allowed to. You know, oh, wait a minute! That's sad. You came from oh. that. You came from that family background. Don't touch my ride, That's youngster. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, we always talk about that too because uh, most folks at car shows and stuff, they're they're they want the next generation of you know future yeah. car culture kiddos to get in their ride. But some don't. Like if you're looking at a quarter million dollar ride, some folks are nervous about that. Yeah. Yeah. So well, did I you? Know, how I, did you I, overcome I, that, man? I mean, Uncle. Did you touch it? Did you touch it? Oh, yeah, I got to touch it. <laughs> the coolest thing, though, during that time while he was building it is, you know, I used to go over his house on the weekends, and he'd have these tables in his garage with tablecloths on them that pretty much had every chrome piece and part and bolt and washer on it all systematically laid out. And I think when you see tables and tables of chrome when you're young with a car, there's no turning back. <laughs> yeah, that'll mess you up. It'll mess you up pretty good. That's like an erector set on steroids. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, for and sure. Then, and then even to this day, I still have I still have 300-plus Redline Hot Wheels. I still have all my models when I was a kid. So the automotive industry was probably inherited through blood. <laughs> ah, that's see, that's good, yeah. yeah. I mean, a, a lot of it. I mean, we hear lots of stories of our guests that uh, it's all about sort of the the lineage you know, yeah. and then and then some folks are new. Uh, I mean, like myself, man, I didn't grow up in a car culture. I was a young knucklehead jumping uh, the subways in New York. And and wow. then all of a sudden, bam, I realized, wow, look at that 68 Mustang. Wow. You know, and right. so it's really cool to hear those stories. Now, let's talk about before we get into this acquisition of this. Uh, am I right by saying this was a one of one vehicle that you found? 
Yes, it is. It's one of one, no other vehicle built, uh, nothing matching it ever. Yeah, and you guys get on the Wrench Nation Facebook as well as, let's talk about this, gzup.com, G-E-E-Z-Z-Up.com. i got to ask you, brother, Up. where'd you get that name from? <laughs> well, it's actually a, a pretty simple story from my side. First of all, my name is Greg, obviously, and I spell it with three Gs, so it's G-R-E-G-G. My middle name is Glenn after my dad. So really, I have four Gs in my total name. So since I was always up and out looking at cars, looking over fences, buying and selling, it always was G's up. You know, he's up looking. So it was just natural progression to uh, come up with that name. So G's up is, is what it is. And G is up, looking for that ride. That's right. G is up, taking him with that carburetor. Yep. <laughs> G is up, mountain rims. You know, you just answered that because I've been intrigued by that. Because uh, G's up in the vernacular could be a few other things as well. But either way, uh, I want I want you guys that are tuning in right now, get on to gsup.com because we're going to reference um, this vehicle. And, and you've acquired a few vehicles over, over your lifetime, and you've yeah. helped many do that. Let's talk about this ride. Again, get on the Wrench Nation Facebook. I want you guys to look at this, uh, this piece. It is a little rough, but it's currently not rough. It's actually done a wonderful job of restoration. What made you hunt this one down? And, and one of one, dude, that's like rare. How, how did you make all that happen? Well, actually, the, um, in, in my daily routines of checking online for cars or projects or things that are available in the market, I'm constantly looking for the next new thing, the next cool thing for a client or for myself. And this was actually one I found. Uh, it was an ad on Craigslist. And it was a very generic ad. There was no detail to it, no photographs, and it just basically said rare hot rod for sale. I'm going to ask you a question. A lot of people right now, since we're talking about how to acquisition, how to find, when you said I'm, I was online, do you set up alerts? A lot of people don't know how to navigate online. Everybody knows Craigslist, but how do you set yourself up? Do you just type in a vehicle and set a Google alert? Talk to us more about that. Um, well, I usually don't use Google Alerts because nowadays you get a lot of spam vehicles. You get a lot of, you know, content that's not valid. So I have my own processes um, to search for vehicles that I keep close to the vest. But um, as far as my daily routine, I'll definitely start off looking for years and then makes. So if I'm looking for a, um, as an example, a 61 bubble top, I will go through 61 first on all my links see what pops up under the year. Then I'll look under Chevrolet. Um, a little little uh, piece of advice is a lot of people, when they post their cards, they misspell it. So if you type in Chevrolet and you misspell it, that ad will never be noticed by anybody. It seems so like everybody people, misses the R. It's like Chevrolet. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So if, if, you're too, if you're in tune with that and you know how to maybe you know, misspell the make correctly, you'll find vehicles that have been sitting for sale for months because no one ever even saw it to even inquire about it. So that's one of my trade secrets, which isn't a secret anymore. That's why one, need, <laughs> that's why one, one needs to uh, attain your services. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, but, yeah, that's, that's pretty much the, the uh, process I have daily on locating. All right, so you saw this Craigslist ad. You thought it was kind of... Uh, flat it seemed kind of odd mm -hmm. too good to be true is what you're saying um well this is the problem 
since there was no photos, it intrigued me more. Yep. So who yeah, does I, that uh, though, Susie? Who but does that? It just that? said a rear car for sale, right? Somebody would actually yeah. just put in black and white, yep. dot eyes, T's, misspell stuff, and say it's for sale. Yep. Yep. Wow. It happens. And that got your eye. It got my eye just because it said rare. The word rare is what got me. So after going through the listing, I you know obviously located the phone number in the listing, and I text the number a couple times, uh, left a couple messages, no voicemail set up. So I just you know didn't hear back for a couple days, kind of wrote it off. And then, honestly, probably about three, four weeks later, I received a callback from a gentleman, and obviously I had already moved on to other cars, other you know other options. And he says, yeah, you know, he left me a message about the listing of my car. And so I kind of had to refresh my memory on it. And once I did, then I realized, oh, this is the rare car that had no info. So I'm asking about the car, and he told me it's a, it's a 50s car. He really wasn't sure of some of the details. He had no way of sending me pictures through his phone because he was an elderly gentleman, didn't have the capabilities of doing that. So uh, since he was a couple hours north of me, I asked, could I arrange to come up and look at it, which he, which he uh, accepted and allowed me to come by, which was a great opportunity because I was going up there in the dark. You literally were. I mean, you, you had this one-sentence line item for mm-hmm. sale and rare was what. Do you find that some of these ads with pictures, since we're on the topic of that, they actually will indicate rare, and it's not? It's like a 2008 Hyundai? Do you ever find that? <laughs> That it's rare and it's not rare? Well, what I'm saying is false advertisements. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, you got to think someone could put rare Chevy, and that could be an 80 El Camino nowadays, which isn't as, rare, yeah. isn't as rare as, you know, when I define the word rare, that's not what rare means to me. So, right. yes, I, there's always, you know, some people use the wrong verbiage and can lead you down the wrong road. So that's why you have to so if he, proactive, ask questions. If the seller actually, it know, he knew it was a mid-50s, how did he know it was a rare car? He knew it was a rare car because he knew the gentleman that had built it. Gotcha. Ah, okay, the, now oh, we're uncovering. Story, the Ooh. story's getting juicy. <laughs> so yeah. tell us more. <laughs> Where do you want me to continue? All right, so you go out there. You're, you're thinking, all right, well, there's a lot of questions. Uh, yeah. you, you arrive, and then what? Well, just so you know, when, I, when I'm heading up there, I'm actually thinking I'm driving up there to look at some four-door 55 Bel Air that's beaten and rusted. That's really what I was thinking. Because um, he really didn't have much explanation over the phone. And, you know, after the fact, I realized he didn't want to give a lot of explanation over the phone. He wanted that face-to-face conversation. So I'm driving up there thinking maybe it's, you know, just it is what it is. Not really too excited, but excited for the hunt. And then, uh, you know, I meet him. His name is Cal. Very nice, respectable gentleman, and uh, he opens up the garage, you know, on the back of his property, and there's this car just sitting there in his in his garage. Um, he actually was a fan of Volkswagen Bugs and Gears, and this is the one that he decided to keep inside indoors and let all the other cars sit outside. So he also already, you know, had some pride of ownership on that by protecting it. And when I saw it, I was shocked. I didn't even know what it was. I mean, obviously, I noticed the '55 front end on the, you know, the grill headlights. Um, I couldn't understand why it was a two-door with that roof line. I couldn't understand the trunk. I couldn't, I couldn't figure out. I mean, it was just so overwhelming to see this car and trying to absorb on actually what it was. And uh, it was just a great moment. I was completely blown away when he opened up that door. 
You guys check out uh, G's Up, uh, G-E-E-Z-Up.com, uh, so we can include you guys uh, on the look of this, the 54 Custom Lost Hot Rod Found. Uh, we're, Greg, we're going to take a quick break. I want to invite folks. I want to remind them we're giving you an opportunity. Now, you just heard 54. If you can guess which vehicle this is, we're sending you a world-famous Wrench Nation swag bag. We'll send that out to you. We're going to continue the story with uh, Greg Ovist about this uh, one of one 54 custom lost hot rod. Stay tuned, French Nation. of the population family are women. We love you ladies, but less than 3% of you women are professional technicians. Our charity partner, Tech Force Foundation, believes if we want to solve this little technician shortage, we need to start talking to 52% of these ladies out in the population. Head on over. If you feel like you can tinker with the best of them, head on over to techforce.org. Support for Wrench Nation Car Talk, the smart choice for auto parts, Pronto National Association. Pronto is committed to the independent automotive aftermarket and demonstrates leadership within the automotive industry. Pronto Association is made up of nearly 100 member auto part distributors. Visit pronto-net.com. Automotive technical training, parts lineup, and representation of the automotive member community. Pronto-net.com. Now I'm the king of the swingers, oh, the jungle VIP. I've reached the top and had to stop, and that's what's bothering me. I want to be a man, man cub, and stroll right into town, and be just like the other men. I'm tired of walking around. Right on, welcome back, WrenchNation.tv. Get on to the website. If you missed the show, of course, we're going to have that up uh, this Sunday. And then, big hugs, thank you, uh, KFNX uh, Weekend listeners. You guys rock, 90.7 The Neon and 88.7 The Pulse. We're talking about acquiring a classic vehicle. Now, some of you have been through this. You've been through the motions. You've, you've taken the trips, the six-hour trip in the middle of nowhere, and you found something, and it worked out. Some of you, not so much. How do you go about that whole process and to help navigate? In fact, I'll get you guys over to uh, gzup.com, G-E-E-Z-Up.com. You guys can check that out, as well as uh, some of you are getting ready to do the online car auctions, and that's a huge opportunity uh, to add to your collection, but will you get it right? Are you sure the price is right? Are you sure that particular vehicle is the one? Uh, Greg Ovist uh, actually consults with many across the country, and he specializes uh, with helping you get that uh, that classic car acquisition. Greg, welcome back. Yep, thanks. Hey, uh, so 54 Custom, you, you answered a Craigslist ad. It was simple, too simple, but it said rare. You get down to meet the gentleman, an elderly gentleman who's not too sure. He knows he's got a rare find. You say that he knew the builder or the original owner. Talk to us more about that. Yeah, he actually uh, lived in California, and the gentleman that was building the car owned a body shop uh, in, around the corner from his house. So every day as he would come home from work, he would see the progress on this car being built. So that obviously intrigued him through the years, but the gentleman would never sell the car. Wow. He always wanted it. He actually drove it. He took it, you know, wherever he wanted to take it, but he was not going to let the car go. 
And then one day, uh, the gentleman, Cal, that I acquired it from, saw it sitting out for sale and uh, pulled in and bought it on the spot. So he acquired it from the original owner that actually built the car. And uh, he was excited to acquire it. He uh, loved that car from all the years of watching it be built, and he was ecstatic that he owned it. He just, you know, one afternoon, he had no idea he was going to own it by the evening, and he did. Yeah, now talk to us about this builder. Was this just... uh... Uh, just an average, uh, talented collision guy that wanted to build his own platform? I mean, talk to us about that. Um, well, yeah, he actually owned a body shop. And uh, if you want me to get into the details of the car, I could elaborate. But he basically we, owned, owned a body shop and just had that talent. And to, uh, you know, graph cars, graph metalwork, build things structurally, chop and channel. And it's apparent that he just he knew what he was doing on that car. He had the right proportions right measurements and the right quality and mindset to uh, have the eye for that class of 50. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, yeah. Facebook, Wrench Nation, we're giving you guys an opportunity to win a sw- uh, swag bag. Some of the comments as we ease into this, hard top Corvette prototype. Is it such a thing, Greg? Uh, well, to dig into the details, I can't tell everyone that the chassis is a 54 Corvette. Ah, okay. So that was uh, Arnold Moya, hardtop Corvette prototype. So, in all fairness, I'll strike that as a win, uh, Arnold. If you if you t- if you're listening, uh, here's another one. Thomas says '55 Chevy Dodge or DeSoto taillights. Are we taking to some of these uh, taillight cues from a uh, Chevy Dodge or a DeSoto? What do you think there? Well, there's a winner on that one. Oh. The taillights are off of a Dodge station wagon. Ah, wow. It does look very good. they're at a different angle than they actually are on the wagon itself. Yeah. So they have a different look to it. They're usually, like on on my car, they're set back a little bit. We're on the wagon. They're kind of sticking out at a 45-degree angle. So they're Dodge uh, station wagon lights. We had had quite a few uh, mid-50s Chevy and then, of course, prototype Chevy. And with the Corvette frame, which I I would imagine that was... uh, somewhat widely available for uh, mid-50s there, that would make common sense. Talk to us about what the uh, builder was thinking back then. Well, the story on that one um, is Al King is, was the builder of the car. He wasn't into hot rods or classics or any type of shows or you know awards. He really just built the car for himself, and he acquired a wrecked 54 vet, and that's how he got the frame. He uh, got a wrecked 54 into a shop and ended up uh, buying it back from the insurance company and didn't know what to do with it, so he let it sit for a while, and as he ran his shop in the 50s, he came across all these 55s and 53s and 54 Chevys, and then instead of putting the Corvette back to a fiberglass body, he started graphing in parts from these other 50 Chevys that he had on his lot. Yeah, and according to these pictures, going back to uh, Hot Rod Magazine, again on gsup.com, you guys check that out, uh, you, you this is solidly put together. From a oh, lines yeah. perspective, fenders, bump, I mean, this does not look like some weekend warrior half-baked project. What a clean ride. Yeah, the, the front clip has been extended nine and a half inches from the original 55 front end. So if you look where the body line on the fender usually touches the door on the normal 55, yeah, the eight or nine inch space between the body line and the door gap. So that whole nose has been stretched nine and a half inches, you know, front. And then we have the the hood that was sectioned for a pancake hood, but you see how it all, you know, just the whole front end flows. Uh, if you want to continue down the car, the, the doors off of a Nomad, 
55 Nomad doors uh, along with the drip rail. So you're going from a 55 front clip, you're going to a Nomad door drip rail. Um, to jump up onto the roof, the roof is actually a 55 Chevy four-door roof that's been sectioned. Wow. And and that's why you initially said there's something, this roof line doesn't seem to be, it just seems out of, out of character and mode for that, that that period of style and design. Right. So, and the roof was, so you have a, you basically have a 55 rear, rear window and front windshield, but the roof is sectioned. I think it's 13 and a half inches in the center and it's it's solid. I mean, all the work on this car, there's lead in the car. It's just, it's done so well. Um, But to continue to the, to the quarters, the quarters are Cadillac. The top part of the quarters Cadillac, and then it, it curves up obviously to the Dodge taillight. The fender well is '57 Chevy. So basically, that quarter panel has '57 Chevy, has Cadillac Dodge taillight. Very distinguished mid '50s yep. Chevy. You can see that clearly. Yep. yep. And then the trunk. Uh, the trunk is a is a '55 four door trunk that's been sectioned down to be narrower. And uh, they all line up perfectly. Holy cow, man. You do have a one-of-one. One. Yeah. yeah. The entire uh, Continental kit is hand-fabricated. All the fillers, you know, everything's been hand-done, hand hand-built. And then uh, the dash uh, actually has been sectioned down. The Corvette dash was sectioned into the car itself. So basically, he took the 54 Vet dash, sectioned it into the 50, 55 Cal, and installed it in the car. And, you know, the car is just solid as can be. You shut the doors, you shut the hood, you shut the trunk. There's, there's just, it's just solid as can be. It's as, it's as, as solid as anyone expects those old Chevys to be when they're quality. And you could slam that door hard as you want, and it latches perfectly. And the trunk latches perfectly. It's just a great car. It's built well. And I'm, I'm glad to own it, that's for sure. No doubt. This is a, an extremely rare find that way. Yeah. I mean... Uh, not at all production. Hence, that's why a lot of uh, Susie, a lot of our folks in the comments section were like straight up prototype. Yeah, I'm still yeah. looking at these photos. They're, this is beautiful. All right, we're teasing people too hard. They're they're not happy. Where can we see this vehicle? Where? Well, if everything goes okay, I'm going to debut it here in Scottsdale, Good Guys, in April. But you may have us out there videotaping. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, baby, we're going to give a Wrench Nation sneak peek. We are. <laughs> we actually, we are. Uh, we want to get that up on our YouTube channel, and it would be an yep. honor, an honor to spend yep. time with this, yep. uh, gosh. Yep. Well, the yep. photos I'm looking at is actually on gsup.com, and it is. it is really cool where it's on the flatbed, and yeah. you've got a picture with Cal and you, I'm assuming, right? Well, what kind of guy was Cal? I mean, was he a big car guy? He was a, He was into Volkswagen, Bugs, and Gears, and this was just like, this was his, obviously, one-of-one car, but it was the one car that was like a GM Chevy built. Like it was like his specialty on every level because he never was into these big, you know, Chevy cars. So yeah, he loved it. He absolutely loved it. One of the problems though is that he ran into when he when he had in California, someone had stolen the wheels off of it. Um, so what happened when he moved from California to Arizona? He didn't. He wasn't able to figure out what wheel went on the car. So he really didn't drive it ever. You know. After that, because he couldn't figure out how to get it driving with the right wheel. Oh, wow. So it, it basically just sat in his garage up here in Arizona, and then he just got tied up with other projects and never got back to it. He never got back to it. But in, yeah. re- in, 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 in all reality, it would have been a simple, it was, it was just a matter of connecting the right person that knew yeah. which wheel. I mean, because wheels yeah. are wheels. They're not, uh, you know, they're not yeah. uh, rocket science. Well, that the interesting part with this particular wheel is, obviously, it's a GM Chevy rim, 
but to match to have it fit the Chrysler hubcap is not an easy task because the, the the Chrysler hubcap that's on the car back when it was original in the 50s has different hubcap tabs that need to fit into the steel wheel. So for me to go get four wheels to fit these hubcaps to get it back to the original look was not an easy task. <laughs> I can only imagine. I didn't yeah. even think about the I was taking uh, the hubcaps rim. to the junkyard. I was good doing everything. Yeah. And then I find rims that, that the hubcap fits, but then it's the wrong bolt pattern, didn't fit the car. It was, it was a tedious process but once i figured it out then i knew what i was looking for grabbed all you were golden i want you to hang tight because we're going to come back uh during this last segment and really talk about uh some of the strategies uh just mentioning this hubcap tire concern that could be a concern for somebody that is uh looking at a vehicle that may just have a hodgepodge of question marks that they may run into a problem i want you guys to stay tuned greg ovis with gsup.com wrench nation relationship in a business. We're talking about not only relationship with your clients, but also relationship with those folks that are working hard to help promote your business. TheMailShark.com. Many of you have marketing plans in place now that are kind of shaky. You're not getting the return that you want. TheMailShark.com. Print and direct mail made easier. They will get the job done for you. You want to talk about increasing your car count. Whether you're a general repair shop or specialty shop, they have a solution for you. TheMailShark.com. There's never any money up front. They give you the ability to mail and pay weekly. Talk about helping a small business cash flow with over 16 direct mail products with both paper and plastic options. They will keep your marketing fresh. And one of the things I enjoy working with MailShark is they have absolute world-class customer service. Print and direct mail made easy. Give my friends at MailShark a call today. TheMailShark.com. Back. Of course you want your mileage back. And all the extra money you've spent feeding an engine gunked up with carbon. Your car needs its fuel system cleaned, and it needs it now. You need BG44K. It's the one dealerships use the most. In fact, they use BG44K almost 3 to 1 over any other fuel system cleaner made. To find a shop near you, go to BGFindAShop.com. That's BGFindAShop.com. I got my mileage back. BG, BG. Right on, welcome back, Wrench Nation. Good to hang out with you guys every week. If you miss bits and pieces of the show, we get it, man. Get on to wrenchnation.tv or your favorite podcast player. We'll be uploading that on Sunday. We are talking with Greg Ovis. Man, oh, man, one-on-one vehicle just sort of put together. Many on Facebook said it was like a mid-50s mid, mid 50s prototype. Let's bring Greg back in. Of course, Greg, you're in the business of finding these, and, and you're also in the business of helping many. Uh, Susie, you would not mind a little service action with somebody that I would not I would welcome it yeah because maybe Greg would have told me with my 58 to start with the mechanics first and not the paint uh, (laughs) yeah that's an ongoing story Frank said just paint it mechanics is so so just to cruise in it it's all good we had it backwards but do you find that um well let's ask you this for those that are listening now what's some good rock solid advice um I know boy we could speak on this for hours but yeah. How do you go about um, not losing your mind or wallet, really, when you're 
hunting down a classic and and the restoration side of things? I know that's a big question, but what's what, what would you say to that? Well, the first of all, when I meet with someone, the first thing is a one-on-one meeting just to kind of understand what their goals are. Um, you know, some people want to buy a car that they want to keep forever, reminded them when they were a child, or it was their father, your grandpa's car or parent's car, and they want to buy that car and hold on to it. But some people want to buy a car and sell it, drive it for a year, get something else. So I think very right off the bat, it's important to find out what the client's goal is on buying the car because that will set the tone on what their budget is, what their expectations are. And once you get past through that, uh, you know, then you, know, you start figuring out, do they want to restore it? Maybe no. Do they, do they understand what it takes to restore it? Maybe not. So once you have that, when I have that meeting with these customers, that's the first and foremost uh, conversation that we start off with to make sure that I understand what they need and what their expectations are long term. Hey, different dynamic if one is uh, doing online auction, you know, with the upcoming uh, Bear Jackson auction. Is that a whole different beast for someone because they're not, you don't sort of have that intuitive vibe by being there? Yeah, uh, it, it does create a different perspective when you're buying online or when you're buying at auction. Um, my first piece of advice is not to be emotionally attached to a car at those events. Man, that's got to be hard. It is. It yeah, really but like Frank was saying, when you're at these auctions, you drink a little. Well, no, you do. <laughs> yeah. It's it's You have to be. I mean, those that are disciplined are going to get, they're just going to handle their business. They're there for done. a reason. But you also want to have fun. And sometimes that fun, yeah. you, you start liquoring up a little too hardcore. That wallet yeah. yep. starts to fit out in the it wrong way. Open up unnecessarily. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, but what I've also found is those auctions, you know, when, you, when I have someone that wants to buy a car and they know what they want and they understand what they're getting into, is, um, you know, buy the car that you love, not the one that you like. And the difference is that is some people buy a car that they just like and they're never happy with it. Like, as an example, if you want a 67 Corvette Marina Blue and that's the car you want and you're at auction and that Marina Blue one goes by, don't feel obligated to buy the white one under the assumption, oh, well, I could paint it Marina Blue and do this, this, and this. And then they, they just, they're buying the car they like now, and they'll never be happy with it because it's not the one they really, really wanted. So I always encourage buyers, buy the car you love. Don't go any different. If it takes you another year to get it or another auction or go into the private sector, stick to your guns on what you love, and then you'll always be happy. You won't ever regret it. So never settle. Man, I, I, I would be a bass. I love them all. It right? is, yeah. That's, I would be... You know, I mean, I, I mean, I'm being silly about it, but I, I like that statement. Uh, you do have to discipline yourself to. I mean, you're getting ready to spend some money, maybe spend some time. Let's yeah. say you're getting a piece that uh, yep. is not 100% done up, um, and so that I, I love that. That's a, that's some sage yeah. advice right there. Yeah, I had one. Uh, he wasn't a client of mine at the time, but he became one. Uh, he bought a uh, a rare Corvette. And uh, he wasn't happy with a few things, you know, mechanically, drivetrain-wise. And he wanted to buy the car and then ha- kind of have stuff refitted to it. Well, then guess what? Now it's in a shop for eight or nine months. You know, the budget kind of goes over. You know, then you got shop issues, you got parts issues, you got time going by. And before you know it, you're, you're battling to get your car done. You just want it done no matter what, and the details get skipped. And then all of a sudden, the car you loved 24 months ago, you can't wait to get rid of. Man, that's <laughs> such a good point. That whole time, that whole time and delay just plays on your mind that way, and you and you lose the discipline for it. Let me ask you: uh, this project here with this uh, 
beautiful one-on-one-of-one vehicle, uh, Al King, original builder out of California. Was this a tough one for you to restore? I mean, it, it, it's got pieces of everything. Well, I haven't restored it, so to speak, as a, a restoration project. It's, it has not been repainted. Um, it basically just went through a thorough detailing. Uh, it still has the original patina than what it was in the 60s. Love it. Oh. That's, yeah. Yeah, baby. Yeah. I love that. So it's, it's not restored. No, whatsoever. you're not going concourse. I get, I no, get it. Yeah. Not at all. But, um, the interesting part about the car is it's been documented in Carcraft Magazine in the 50s. And it's also in the book uh, at Barnes and Nobles or online under Lost Hot Rods. And right now, if you bought those publications, you'd you'd identify the car being published. And I'm not going to uh, change the view of the vehicle that matches that those documents. I love that you keep it. Yeah. It's in its in original its original yeah. state. It's like original finding state. it's like finding King Tut. No, you don't need to dress yeah. King Tut up. Leave him <laughs> leave him be. Yeah. Leave him dusty. Leave him all wrapped up. <laughs> Not to say that I won't restore it one day, but I have no intention on doing that now. I want to, um, you know, start releasing it out, showing it to the public. A lot of people don't even know I own the car. They don't even know it still exists. So actually, you're one of the first interviews that I've done about the car. And if you're going to video it soon, you'll be the first one to ever physically video Ooh. it. Man, I, you know what? I'm grateful for that. But as yeah. we say on Wrench Nation, we get it first right here. That's right. Yeah. No, <laughs> and it would be an honor. I, 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 and I Absolutely. can't wait. Both Susie and I will work the details. And you guys, by the way, um, check out not only our little old YouTube channel, uh, Wrench Nation. We're starting to ramp that up a little bit. We'll start foring as these car shows start coming back to life. But please get on a, a G's Up. Uh, dot com. Can you give us the YouTube address? Uh, it's just G's up. G-E-Z-Z-U-P. That's easy. Um, G is yeah, up my, in the morning, ready to go. G's yeah. up. Double E, my, double Z. <laughs> my logo is the Rolls Royce. Blue and silver, you can't miss it. Dude, I saw that on your website, G's up, uh, dot com. And I, tell me about that Rolls, man. Actually, uh, it's a friend of mine here locally. His name is Nick Crouch, and he's a uh, artist. And he actually had a lot of renderings done that he just kind of had on his own shelf, so to speak. And I've known him through the years. He's a phenomenal artist. And uh, I approached him, and he basically uh, tweaked a few things on that artwork to accommodate my logo and brand. And uh, the one thing about it is once you see that logo or that vehicle, you'll never forget it. And no, so it's far, it's it's a stunning, it's stunning yeah. picture. It's an amazing project, and would, would would be amazing. Yeah, absolutely. On yeah. the main homepage, guys, you check it out. Gsup.com. Uh, I got to mention this. A big shout out to Murphy Auto Museum. Fireball Tim, I'm sure you know Fireball oh, yeah. out of Southern yeah. California. Fireball's. Uh, I I don't want to say he's one of the first. I think it's a rarity, but he has taken as Fireball is a vehicle designer, car designer. Uh, yeah. He's got over 200 movie credits. Uh, uh, the Batmobile, he's done at the Jurassic Park. Great designer, great guy. Well, they took a portion, and we were at the inauguration of the Murphy Auto Museum and created this whole automotive art studio. So when you mention Nick in this Rolls Royce, we're going to be out there. Susie, you just found out. I just found out. March 8th for wow. a little St. Patty's soiree at the uh, car show there at the Murphy Auto Museum. Yeah, I heard him talking about that. Yeah, and, and, and if it's in the cards for you guys... Uh, uh, for you, okay. or we'd love to meet you out there. We're going to be doing some on, on-site location uh, interviews and such and having fun. Okay, sounds great. I'll look into it. Man, it was an honor. We need more time with you. Maybe we'll get you right. back on in six months. I know you, you... Listen, man, the pressure's on. One of one. What's next? <laughs> right? It's hard to keep up. Yeah. Honor to have you on the show. Thank you. Greg Ovis with uh, G'sUp.com. 
You can find uh, G's up throughout social media. It's really cool to have these little uh, needle in the haystack stories, Susie. That's so cool. One of one, man. Yep. But I would be a basket case. That car's Why? got so many. It's got. I would do the same. I imagine trying to fully restore that thing. You know, that would be hard. It would be. I say patina. I'm in the. I'm in there with Greg. Yeah, leave it patina. Little dust action. That's right. Show up. It's got the character. Hey, that bio sheet that's in the frame on each car that you see at the foot by the yeah, bumper. Yeah. Boy, that's got to be like a three-page frame. That has that to be. That was a knee-deep story. <laughs> man, it's always an honor to spend it with you guys every week. As I tell you every week, man, be safe. Hug each other and never forget to hug a mechanic. Frank here with Wrench Nation. We appreciate you guys tuning in every week to the Wrench Nation Car Talk Show. But did you guys know I'm not basket weaving? I don't do roofing. I actually own Desert Car Care of Chandler. Boy, and I've got a great team down there. If you've got car repair or maintenance needs, I invite you to stop by my garage over a cup of coffee. Maybe you've got that large estimate and you're not sure where to go. Give me a call, 480-726-6400, Desert Car Care of Chandler. Hey, Gilbert friends, when we talk about car repair, car care, getting all of your stuff done on your car, excellence integrity workmanship those are large words well i gotta tell you a little place on cooper and warner in gilbert the car shop you've got to meet chris baldrin the car shop he is absolutely on top of his game he's a certified technician has a certified set of mechanics working for you day in and day out there at the car shop so if you're out in gilbert warner and cooper You've got to visit Chris Baldrin at the car shop. Friendly, knowledgeable, eager to take care of you with no funny business. So reach out to the car shop, 480-855-8000, 480-855-8000. The car shop, Warner off of Cooper.